Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What's up, everybody? Welcome into today's OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We have a great, great guest lined up for your Friday. John Colosimo, our usual Friday guest, is under the weather uh, dealing with some stuff. So shout out to John uh, for hopefully feeling better soon. We'll get back to the regularly scheduled Fridays with John as soon as we possibly can, depending on how uh, quickly he recovers. So uh, we will have, listen, as far as substitution guests go, can't really beat uh, what we have today. Get to that in a second. I always try to point out a couple newsworthy Browns things that I see either pop up in social or, um, you know, pop up uh, in any form or fashion. The things that stood out to me today uh, as we go into Friday is that the the season tickets a little early in the week, but they have gone up. So that's interesting to me is, you know, that uh, despite the disappointment and despite the fan culture right now, which is, again, like on a precipice here of of, uh, of pretty pretty ugly sometimes based on how the season went they are uh, going to continue to push forward push ticket prices up a little bit so if you have season tickets that is something that you can expect is for those to go up a little bit so keep your eye out for that is an exciting news and then otherwise i saw that not the biggest fan of warren sharp and everything that he puts out but they did an analysis of draft capital and the browns with their extra third round pick because of the situation with the minnesota vikings gm hire uh, you know, from for Quessy, and then, um, and I still, I, I might be screwing up pronouncing his name. I'm, I'm so sorry if I am. I should get better at that as somebody who does this for a living here. But uh, also, they have that extra fourth round pick. We'll see if they actually end up making all those picks or if they push them off into the future. But being ninth is not a bad position to be in heading into, in uh, obviously an important draft. So thought that was noteworthy because of the extra capital they have. And again, we'll see. They could roll over some picks into the following year, just like they did last year. So something to keep your eye on. But today we have Dane Brugler, who's fantastic. Dane is with The Athletic. He is one of the preeminent draft uh, gurus out there. He does fantastic work, prospect study, big board, and draft guide. Uh, lucky to steal some of Dane's time. And uh, let's, yeah, let's not waste any time. going to get over to that uh, conversation with Dane and break down some pretty important angles for Browns, potential wide receivers or D linemen early in this draft. Pretty fun, uh, pretty fun interview. Enjoy it. Here we go now. Say it every year. If we're going to get opinions that matter, I think with the draft, there is no better opinion than Dane's. I'm, I'm excited to have him here. His work at the athletic, his draft guide is is top notch and, and and really it's it's not that a lot of people aren't doing the draft it's it's people that are doing it without uh following trends and and using their own evaluation i'll leave it at that and i trust dane to do that more than anybody else in the industry man i'm happy to have you here thanks for joining us no anytime thanks brother yeah man let's let's talk browns from the angle of okay some it's wide receiver heavy draft in the early portions and it fits with what Cleveland needs. Now, they could go other ways. Uh, I'll start with the tee-off question, which is, which which of these wide receivers do you see best fit with what Stefanski, this offense, wants to do? Leave it at that. You tell me the guys you think are best fit there. Well, I, honestly, you could make a case for a few of these guys. Um, you know, I, I think that you could make a case that uh, Cleveland's overdue for size uh, at the wide receiver position. I think you could make a case 
that uh, you know that the, the way this team values speed that that might be the direction they go. Um, but I think above all else, you just you want an impact guy. I mean, you want someone that you sprinkle into this offense, and it, it automatically makes your quarterback better. It makes the rest of the receivers better, and it makes the offense go. And so, who's going to be that key that unlocks the offense? Uh, and I know that's a lot to put on a on a rookie. Uh, but that's what you're looking for when you draft a receiver in the first round. And to me, Garrett Wilson, he's the top receiver in this draft, uh, and I, I, that's the direction I would go. If, if I'm the Browns and I'm looking for an impact player, uh, his ability to get open before and after the catch is what really sets him apart. Um, I, I don't use the word elite uh, very often. I mean, I try to save it for when it really matters, and Garrett Wilson – has elite body control. It's really uh, it's just something to go up and make plays, uh, playing bigger than 5'11", 190, uh, because his ability to adjust midair, uh, and you know, it doesn't matter what type of coverage, I mean, he knows how to win. Uh, he has the release package. Uh, the routes can be a little bit better, uh, but I think that his ability to get open before and after the catch that's what sets him apart from from these other wide receivers. So, uh, to me, Garrett Wilson is is that guy. But again, you can make a case for a, a Traylon Burks. Uh, I, to me, he's a, a linebacker size Debo Samuel. Uh, he's got everything that that you want in a number one wide receiver with the size, the athleticism. Uh, still growing as a route runner, but he's yeah. I think he's further along than people give him credit for. Um, and, and Jamison Williams, if it's not for the ACL, we'd be talking about him as a possible top 15 pick because the speed is special and he's different. Yeah. He's not just, not just speed. He's got, uh, there's, there's, he knows what he's doing out there. Uh, maybe not the most natural hands catcher, but he's got good ball skills. So, uh, you know, this, this wide receiver class is really interesting. And I, I, I truly think you could make a case for, uh, for a few of these guys. And it's fascinating. I don't need to tell Browns fans this, but I was talking with someone the other day about you know, who, who's the best wide receiver the Browns have drafted in the last 30, 40 years. <laughs> and it, it might be Kevin Johnson I, or, or you know, maybe, maybe Braylon. I don't, I don't, it's, it's a, it's a short list of what you're working with. So this, this team, this franchise well overdue to find that stud uh, in the draft of wide receiver. Yeah, we don't. We're not going to throw Josh Gordon in there because of the different draft and all. Of that right, too. right, so, right. Yeah. And we just still hurts. It still hurts. It still hurts. So, listen. <laughs> I want to do this. Now. I'm going to throw some rapid fire things at you about these wide receivers, the kind of the top group, and even oh. some of the others. And you keep your answers tight. It doesn't have to be long. It could literally be one word, and it would suffice. Okay. So, yep. I want to ask you first this question, and, and again, you can elaborate on long, these long if you want, but but try to keep it tight if you can. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, concise as you can. What's the biggest difference for you? it's uh, Garrett Wilson's ability to do something after the catch. Olave, he's going to test like a freak. There's a lot to like about the smooth athleticism, but Wilson after the catch, uh, that's really what sets him apart. Drake London cannot run well enough to succeed in the NFL. He can't do it. That's the problem everybody tells me. So your response to Drake London doesn't have enough high-end speed to make it work in the NFL. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I obviously don't believe or uh, agree with that. I, mean, I think he's a he's a long strider. He, he's not going to create a ton of separation, but he can create enough. And his ability to play above the rim, uh, it, it's really something special. So, uh, I mean, he's T. Higgins type of wide receiver. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot to like about what he can offer. He, he's going to run a, probably a four five five. Uh, around that area, but uh, yeah, to say he can't run enough or well enough to succeed in the NFL, I think that's silly. 
Drake London reminds me of Mike Evans. Do you see where I'm coming from with that, yes or no? Yes and no. I get it, but I don't love it just because Mike Evans is so he's so good down the field. He, you know, like that's Drake London's not necessarily that downfield threat, and that's what Mike Evans. That, I think that's really separates him. Mike Evans, is legit speed, and I think that there's a big difference between Mike Evans' speed and Drake London's speed. So there, there's okay. some similarities there, but I, I do think the speed is a big difference. Total hunch here: Jameson Williams doesn't tear the ACL. He's the Browns' pick at thirteen. I love it. I mean, it's again, it's speed. And this guy comes from a track family, speed to burn, and it's natural stuff. Um, and it's more, he's more than just speed. Like I said, he creates problems for the defense. If you're drafting a receiver in the first round, you want someone that keeps up uh, the defensive coordinator the night before. And that's what Jamison Williams can do with his speed and create problems. So uh, it, the combine is going to be big for him to see where he is with the knee and recovery. And hopefully everything's on track because if it is, Jamison Williams still has a very good chance to go somewhere top 20, top 25. Maybe the Browns still be interested. Yeah, you're Andrew Barry, and you have this opportunity to pick a player at 13. Are you willing to go into this year, given what we've seen from the issues now? I know we don't know what's going to happen in free agency here, but would you feel comfortable taking him, given everything that's on the line right away for the Browns? So I'm asking you to be a GM here. We know he's talented. We know he can burn. We know he's good. But are you? Would you be comfortable taking him in at thirteen and and kind of stashing him and waiting it out? If my doctors told me that he should be a hundred percent full go by let's say week eight, halfway through the season, then uh, yes, I would. I and I it's it's hard to do that because you're putting so much trust on your doctors and they've got to look in the crystal ball and kind of tell you what's going to happen with his uh, you know re- rehab and everything. But if they tell me that, uh, you know, everything's on the line. Now, again, I, 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 I have um, Garrett Wilson ranked ahead of him, and I've got Traylon Burks ranked ahead of him. But if, say, those two guys are gone, and my doctors sign off on Jameis Williams, would not hesitate. Because, again, you're, this is a long-term pick. It, you know, you're not just drafting for, uh, you know, the season opener uh, in September. So thinking long-term, absolutely, I would, I would go for it. Traylon Burks does not have enough reps. And again, these are more like true, false respond to the statement. Traylon Burks does not have enough reps as an outside receiver to feel comfortable knowing, knowing, knowing that he can line up and play X for you. Uh, I think that's false. I mean, this is, this is a guy that you, you, you want to use him as the X, but use him all over the formation. I, I think that, you know, Stefanski has shown that he's, not married to one specific thing. I mean, he, he wants to operate the offense to cater to the talent on the field. And I think that he would do that with Burks and, you know, let him be the X, but move him around. No other player had more plays of 20 plus yards than Traylon Burks last year. And they played pretty good football in the sec. So, uh, you know, Burks, he's, he's got the total package just needs to add a little bit more polish. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jahan Dotson, okay, Jahan Dotson can't thrive in the NFL unless it's in the slot. Or do you think he can go to a team like Cleveland who's maybe a bit more 12-13 personnel based and be an outside guy? That The people seem to be pegging him as a slot. Do you think he finds success as the NFL in the NFL as a Z or that type of role outside? Yeah, I think he could do it on the outside, no doubt, because, uh, again, the, the ball skills with him. Um, you know, he, that's, he, he's not a big guy. But he, the ball skills are different. He might have the best hands in the entire draft. And so when you've got a guy with dynamic speed, route instincts, and big-time ball skills, that's a diff- difficult player to cover one-on-one. I don't care where you line him up. So it, to me, he reminds me a lot of Deontay Johnson, except mm. he doesn't drop the ball. It doesn't drop the ball like Deontay that's Johnson. That's great. So that's we're great... talking that style of player. Okay, love it. Where's your range for him? Do you think he gets out of round one? Uh, there's a chance. Um, I think he goes somewhere between 20 and 40. So that's, okay. I know that's a, a wide range, but, uh, you know, it, somewhere in there, late one, early two. Love it. Okay. David Bell, give me your best NFL comp for him and why you like that comp. Okay. So he's not Michael Pittman, but mm-hmm. he, he lives down the street from him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's, he's that type of body. Uh, you know, he doesn't have explosive traits, uh, but he's he's a ball winner. Um, you see body control. You see toughness, uh, and that stuff will translate to the pro game. But Michael Pittman had a little more juice. Uh, Bell just doesn't have those ex- explosive traits, and I think it'll be a lot more noticeable against NFL coverage. Um, so I don't think he'll be Michael Pittman, but I think he's kind of a similar player, just not quite the same same speed as Pittman. Say a best player available falls to the Browns. They're in love with it. 13, they take them. Give me two guys that would be in your day two range that you like, like the round two, round three, that you think fit for Cleveland if they were to jump wide receiver. Just push it off a little bit. Um, so I'd probably go with Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama, mm-hmm. um, you know, who is – he was an ex receiver in in, uh, in college. Uh, I think that there's a few areas where he needs to tighten up, but he, there's no glaring weaknesses to his game. He's got starting traits. He can track the ball deep. Uh, he can get open. Um, really good catch point timing and adjustment skills. So I think uh, Jalen Tolbert, in, uh, if they wanted to go in the second round, that would make sense. And then, um, you know, if they wanted to maybe let's say they – you know, they, they, it's hard to find a true X, you know, outside the first round or, you know, yeah. if that's what they really want. So let's say they go with more of a, a slot. Uh, Sky Moore from Western Michigan, uh, he's in that probably second, third round range somewhere. Um, this is a fun player who 
not the biggest guy, but he's got outstanding hands, really good reflexes, toughness to work the middle. And I think he's going to run a lot better than uh, people think. So probably his best in the slot, that's where he's going to operate the best, but there's a lot of ability to this guy. And I I think that uh, he's going to get overlooked, but, but he shouldn't. Who's, who's a guy late, just one name late that you like, like, eh, the Browns only got one guy. Maybe they could stash a guy here in the fifth, sixth or seventh. Is there anyone that you just kind of think about late in the draft? That's going to be like, man, that guy might be a pretty good player that not enough people are talking about. Um, how about, um, Jalen Naylor from Michigan state who, uh, almost 80% of his catches were either a first down or touchdown. He's got big play potential. He averaged, uh, almost 19 yards a catch, uh, this past year. He's not the biggest guy durability, a little bit of a factor, but that's why we're talking about a late round pick. He can move. He should test well in Indy. Okay. So they go, like I said earlier, scenario, best player available early. I think the real position that stands out to me between a mesh of skill and talent and need is is defensive end first round if they don't do, do you like the Karloftis fit for Cleveland if not do you like 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 a Yabo I hope it's saying it right it's a soft J there uh Yabo the, the, the Michigan kid like which DNs do you think 13 might smell right for Cleveland there I, I would love to see Trevon Walker there. Um, okay. Now, I, I'm, I'm a big Trevon Walker fan. Uh, he's my sixth overall player. Uh, I, I think that he has not even scratched the surface of his ability. Um, he's a bigger DN. He's 275, but this guy can move. Uh, this, the speed is ridiculous. Uh, length, power. He was a five technique in that Georgia scheme, so I think that really helped him uh, grow as a run defender. But if you let him play outside and let him just rush the passer, he can do it. So Trevon Walker, if, if somehow if, if he falls there to the Browns, uh, to me, I love that fit and what he can do. Maybe move inside on, on passing downs and you know, bring in a rush package. So Trevon Walker, to me, I love that fit. Um, David, yeah, Ajabo, you know, he's oh, it's a hard J. My bad. It is. Uh, it is. Yeah, he, he's he's still he's still raw, um, okay. and you got to hide him a little bit as a run defender. And so I think there's. Uh, there's a little bit of a worry there, um, but yeah, he for a guy that's been playing football for five years, uh, he shows really natural pass rush instincts, and he's got the athleticism uh, to back it up. So uh, uh, a job is absolutely worth the you know bet, betting on those pass rush skills somewhere in the top fifteen picks. Uh, but again, you have to do that with the understanding that you got to hide him a little bit as a run defender. Carl yeah. Loftus, I, I like, but I don't think he's it, I don't think he's on the same level as the two guys I just mentioned. Um, not not as long. He's not twitchy. Um, but I, I, what you love about him is the effort, the handwork. Um, you know, he's he, he does a really nice job breaking down the rhythm of blockers and, and just being a just a nuisance uh, for guys uh, to block. So I do like Carl uh, Loftus, just not on the same level as Ajabo or Trevon Walker. Okay, so that second round cluster of D linemen that Cleveland could be interested in. I'm going to admit right now, I really love the inside-out flexibility of Logan Hall. Uh, it seems mm-hmm. like Nagbury is in that group, like that second-round group. I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, guys. Maybe like, I don't know if uh, if our guy from Florida State there, Jermaine Johnson, falls into it. Drake Jackson's no. probably around that area. Like, I'm uh, who who fits at 44? Like, I'm, I know you've mocked out Cleveland a couple times. Some kind of I'm trying to think about 44 is such a weird spot, Dane. Like I, 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 yeah. I really like Logan, but is there any other names that have caught your eye at that range? I, Logan Hall to me would be a steal. I, I think he's a, a top 40 guy in this draft. Um, just he's still 21 years old. He's still growing. He's still learning. Six six two eighty. Uh, I like him best on the edge, um, but he can also play inside, like you mentioned, that inside outside versatility. 
Um, I, I think he's just uh, just scratching the surface of what he's going to end up being. So I'd be surprised if he's there, but if he is, that's a home run pick. Um, I like Arnold Ebiketti a lot from Penn State. Mm. Uh, Temple transfer, went to Penn State this past year and really did a nice job. I think he needs to add some refinement here and there, but he's long, he's twitched up, and he's got a motor that doesn't quit. So you just kind of wind him up, put him out there, and let him hunt off the edge. So the, that acceleration, that the active hands, the relentless play personality, uh, really like that fitness. I mean, he's a little older, and I know that doesn't fit exactly what they look for, but it, this is a guy that can get after it, and I think that's what they need above all. Love it, Dane. This was great, man. Cannot thank you enough for coming on, sharing these tidbits about important parts of the early draft. Hopefully you can steal a little bit of your time later about some positions hidden later in the draft that you excel at that nobody else does. I, again, I appreciate it. The listeners appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. And, and when's your draft guide drop so everybody can check that out? I always shoot for the first week of April, so it's, we've got a big month ahead of us uh, starting next week in Indy, but uh, hopefully that first week in April, so I appreciate that. A lot of long nights, man. I know that grind, bro. Appreciate you again. Good luck in Indy. Thanks again. Anytime. Thanks, Jake. That's a wrap for today's episode. Huge thanks to Dane for taking the time, and I'm telling you, that guy is extremely busy. Um, and, and listen, it's a cell phone call I made to him, not the usual computer audio, so he doesn't live in like... Uh, you know, some wind tunnel or something where the audio is a little off. He's he's gracious enough to give time. He was busy, so called his cell phone and recorded that. So make sure you check out all of Dane's work. You should be following him on Twitter during draft season. And I know he goes on to uh, Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Browns YouTube channel and does some stuff in the past. Like, again, one of the best in the industry is usually out in front of prospects. And his draft guide is the absolute go-to source come draft day for everybody picked. So... Make sure you check that out and support him any way you can. So uh, thanks, guys, for joining today on this Friday. Have a fantastic Friday, and um, you know we'll have a couple episodes over the weekend. Keep your eye out for those. Check out the OBR website where we have some great stuff up. I'm putting up for your Friday uh, Jadevian Clowney analysis on whether I think they should keep him or not, and then check out over the weekend some defensive line prospects and free agency that I have my eye on. That'll be out as well. So thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Thank you for supporting the OBR podcast. This OBR Twitch and the OBR website means the world to me. And yeah, have a great weekend and go Browns.